Ultimate Guide Podcast, Episode 71. Hey, it's Kaylin Amadio, the Boomer Gal, author of The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing, and I have a great guest that I want to introduce you to today on Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. Please meet Adrienne Hugh. She is known online as the Nutrition Heretic. I love that. <laughs> she is a certified nutritionist, having published several books, including the Amazon bestsellers, and I never thought I'd say these out loud in public, okay? But I'm I'm not a uh, shy person. But please know they're about food, okay? Amazon <laughs> bestsellers, 50 Ways to Eat Cock, and Frenching Your Food. In fact, I have that one here. I can show you. Frenching Your Food. <laughs> All right. She is a fellow podcaster herself and an expert in the field of complementary nutrition, which is nutrition that actually works, I hear, right? Is that a yes. way to, yes. to define complementary nutrition? So, Adrian, yeah. welcome to Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. Well, thank you for having me here, Kaylin. You know, I always like to get to know my guests a little better, so I give a brief overview of them. But if you could just expand, tell us a little more about your story, how you came to be a... Um, a certified nutritionist, what brought you to that field of study? And I never stop someone from admitting whether or not they too are a baby boomer. It's up to you. I'm going to lead in with that. No, I'm not. I, I just escaped, if, if, <laughs> if that's the thing. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite a baby boomer yet. Um, but uh, I, you know, how I got into nutrition is kind of interesting because I, I always tell people there's the difference, and hopefully I'm not offending anyone, but the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist is, first of all, dietitian is regulated, nutritionist isn't as right. far as the term, right? right? So I can't call myself a dietitian. Uh, but a dietitian can call themselves a nutritionist, and in about six states, the ADA, the American Dietetics Association, has lobbied to be the only game in town. So basically, places like Ohio and Florida, I could never practice in. Okay. Because... Only the ADA has uh, has, has jurisdiction, jurisdiction. Okay. on on that. Uh, other than that, I always say that a dietitian is someone who has learned about weight loss, usually in high school, and then decides, hey, I want to help other people lose weight, and they go straight into it after college. Nutritionists generally are people who have followed. The ascent, you know, basically the food pyramid and the, and the basic ideas that we've been taught to revere since the 70s, you know, the eat more grains, eat no fats, eat no meats, you right. know, or lower meats and less dairy, yada, yada, yada. So the nutritionist went through that, usually on their own, and failed. Uh, and not only failed with weight loss, but also ended up having a bunch of other things. Like right now, the big thing is autoimmune disease and yeah. gluten intolerance and, you know, all these different allergies showing up, autism, et cetera. And so we tend to be a group of people who had severe health challenges, you know, probably would have died off by the time we were 30, but learned some other things that were outside of the, the ADA's teachings that helped us, and now we turned around and went to get a degree later on to help other people. Okay, and uh, I hear that you have a, a personal story. 
Yeah. Um, well, my, if you want to share mom, it, I mean, you can tell yeah, me why yeah, yeah, my yeah. own I'm business. I'm just trying but... to figure out how far back I want to go. Because right. <laughs> my mom was a nurse. All right, she's a registered nurse, uh, and you know, she worked in the hospital system. Always tried to do everything by the book. Uh, you know, in school, she didn't learn a ton about nutrition, but uh, she grew up in Jamaica, which, for all intents and purposes, is the third world, uh, but with very traditional food values. Uh, so, for example, where a lot of my friends were having uh, things like hamburger helper on the table and uh, manwiches for <laughs> for dinner, we were having home cooked meals. Right. Uh, nonetheless, I was uh, I have a long history of skin allergies and as well, um, just you name it. Uh, you know, by the time I was I want to say five years old, I was having nosebleeds uh, very frequently, uh, like to the point that I was coughing up blood. You know, it was like terrible, terrible stuff. Uh, you know, my um, my skin was horrible every winter. Uh, by the time I hit puberty, that became accompanied by asthma. Uh, also, I mean, you name it, I had it pretty much. <laughs> I had the food allergies. I had all kinds of things and nobody could ever pin it down. Uh, so when I really hit rock bottom, though, was in my early 20s, uh, where the, just, I mean, my skin problems became year round. It got to the point where, you know, eczema is usually sequestered to the joints inside the elbows, behind the knees, that okay. kind of okay. area, maybe the neck, sometimes the wrists. Uh, but for me, it was all over my face at this point to the, like I was waking up with big peeling scabs off mm. of my face. I was like bleeding all the time. It was just horrible. Uh, but what, and then I started having some serious digestive issues, which were never a problem previously, uh, which I later found out that garlic was one of my biggest, uh, offenders. Wow. Uh, and along with garlic were the things that people go, one of the things that people who are gluten intolerant normally go to rice. They think that rice is not allergenic. It is. Uh, and also soybeans, which as you know, has been the darling of the ADA, uh, despite the fact that the FDA has over 200, uh, poisonous, uh, has 200 listings in the poisonous plant database at the FDA, yet they still promote it as a health food. Uh, so, you know, it really makes you think twice about a, a lot of this stuff. So, but in, you know, in addition to the food allergies, I was also suffering, uh, from heavy metal poisoning, leaky gut syndrome, candida albicans. Oh my God. Uh, you know, as a kid, I left out that I used to get frequent ear infections. Uh, my sister never had an ear infection. My parents never had ear infections. I mean, I'm lucky I have my teeth, you know, <laughs> at this point, right? So, um, but, you know. And, they, what, and food was the cause of all of this um, for you? I wouldn't say food was the cause. I would say that, uh, well, if you want to get really controversial, <laughs> I really think that vaccines were the cause. Uh. Uh, and that food was kind of the nail in the coffin because what one of the things that we have learned over the years from um, the increasing vaccination schedule, which my sister wasn't subject to, uh, at the, not at the rate that I was, uh, is that uh, the body often tries to protect itself. And in protecting itself from all, you know, this onslaught of chemicals and diseases being injected all at one time, what ends up happening is that there, the body tries to help itself by forming essentially what's a cyst in the bowel. Mm. 
And so, it, and it really just, it, it totally just jacks up your, your entire gut function. Right. Uh, so this is one of the reasons, I mean, I don't want to get you know into that so much, uh, but this is one of the, this was one of the catalysts that ended up leading to the food allergies because, you know, besides the fact that we already have all these pesticides and, and, you know, non-nutritive substances in the food supply, we're, um, you know, it's, it's insult to injury, you know, like yeah. you've, I've got all these diseases to deal with that, that have been, you know, injected into me all at one time. And then I've got all this food stuff going on. And even though my mom tried to cook as, as, uh, close to real food as possible, there were still that, um, uh, that that missing component of of you know nutrient density. Uh, mm-hmm. We were eating a lot more refined starches than than we would have. And she you know really didn't keep candy or chips or anything like that in the house. But those things don't nourish your gut. So when you're eating a you know you've got all this stuff going on simultaneously, it's just a it's just a recipe for disaster essentially. So did did you do some trial and error for yourself? to to get better or did you decide you needed to go study nutrition or yeah well I did I I started well first of all every doctor I saw told me I was crazy you know I'm sitting there in their office um you know crying my eyes out my skin's bleeding I'm going through all this stuff they're like yeah well you know it's all in your head or I'd go to a dermatologist and you'd give me this tiny little vial of steroid cream something yeah yeah, exactly. And I was supposed to apply that to my entire body and come back a week later to refill the prescription. I'm like, this is ridiculous. There's that's this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I knew that there had to be something underlying. And yes, I was looking at food because to me it was the most obvious place where that could be addressed, right. uh, that I could control and I could you know really uh, um, take that power into my own hands. Right. Right. So you became an expert. And, well, now you, yeah, and now you now you turn around and you up, can help the rest of us, right? You know, one of the things that I did was I ended up kind of just talking to everybody about it because, and every and then I started finding people who were being diagnosed with gluten intolerance and things like that, and and another friend who found a practitioner who uh, treated her for candida, and so you know all these things are starting to make sense to me, mm-hmm. and what ends up happening is I I threw a, a gentleman who ran a local cheese shop because I'm quite the gourmand. <laughs> he, he told me about his wife's trials and, and how, and I noticed he had all these uh, gluten and, uh, gluten-free products. This is over 25 years ago before wow. gluten-free became a household a thing, name. Yeah. Word. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go see that doctor, you know? And so I ended up seeing this guy and he essentially trained me uh, you know, he he taught me things, and then he, when I later got my degree, I put it this way: when I he he not only encouraged me to get my degree, but he's the only doctor to actually shake my hand <laughs> when he found out I got my degree. Every other doctor kind of sneered at me and said, "Well, you know, what do you think you're going to do with that?" I'm like, "Well, a hell of a lot more than you, apparently." <laughs> yeah. You're totally discounting the role of food here. Yeah, which is silly because. Um... You know, it's the one thing we all have in common, right? We're consuming food as fuel and, yeah, you, and, and you know, and it's got to have an impact, right? It's right. right. <laughs> so um, I assume that you have private clients that um, you work I, with. I do have a few right now. Um, right now, more of my work is focused online and I'm focusing less on the client model and more on the education model. Okay. All right. Do you, because I think it's important for people to be able to 
understand themselves more because that that was one of the things that I found when I started working with clients is that a lot of people don't know what they're going through. And some of them are just resistant. You know, part of them says they really want to do this, but as soon as you present them with the options, they shut down. Oh, I can't do it. They come up with excuses. So I found that moving more towards the education model and helping people in that way enables them to feel a little bit more freedom and then to, you know, in, in whatever way it takes them to really uh, uh, devise a plan that works for them. Right. So uh, as, as you know, Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, right? So so my goal is, is geared towards helping other baby boomers like myself, you know, live uh, vibrant lives, right? right? That's why I invite people like you on. So is do we have to look at these solutions differently because we're all the youngest baby boomers 51 now? Right. You know, all the way up to whatever, 18 years, but I don't like to do math in public. Right. (laughs) Plus 18 years to 51. So, you know, we're in a different stage. I mean, I, I recognize it with my own body, no matter how well I eat or how much exercise I get, you know, I'm not 25 anymore. Right. right? So I handle things differently now. So are, are there things that we need to be aware of as, as boomers? as we, you know, set ourselves up for success with our nutrition? Right. Well, you know, the, the first thing I would say is boomers tend to be actually my most educated clients when I was, you know, having clients, so to speak. Right. Uh, and I would say that, but it, sometimes it's their Achilles heel. Actually, quite often it's their Achilles heel. Because so it's procrastination by I need to know more. Is that what they're that. doing? Yeah. There's there's a little bit of that, but more than anything, there's this this uh, general consensus maybe that well I never heard this before, so it, therefore it's wrong. Basically, it's there's 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 this tendency to fall into a trap of. Uh, just basically knowing so much that you can't learn anymore. You ever meet that person? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In, um, I study, I told you, I think before we started the interview that I studied martial arts and in order to, if you study one martial art and then you decide to go study a different one, a lot of times a student will go, Oh, but you know, I know how to, I know how to block this and I know how to punch that. And right. And Bruce Lee had a famous line where he said, you have to empty your cup. Right. You filled yes. your cup up with knowledge of this one thing. But if you want to go learn something else, you have to physically empty your cup and be right. willing to fill it up all over again from, you know, from the beginning. And right. don't act like, you know, everything because mm-hmm. you really don't. Yeah, exactly. And so there's so the, there tends to be that s- same block that syndrome. with a lot of boomers. And I mean, <laughs> we it, should it, name it. That's we should name it. There's got to be some sort of syndrome, the know-it-all syndrome. Or full cup syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> Empty that cup, baby. No, it's it's absolutely yeah. true. And, and uh, you know, this is, I mean, it does happen in other age groups, but I do find that in the boomer age group, it's, maybe it's just as we age, we get a little more set in our ways. Well, I, that, I was going to say, that's probably it. The older, you, you know. And plus change becomes more and more difficult because, you know, you might have become accustomed to doing things a certain way and, you know, people resist change anyway. And then the older you are, the probably the more difficult change is. So let's give people your your top three tips 
Like what, what are the top three tips that you, you want us to walk away with that's going to help us change our nutrition? Maybe it'll help me French my food. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> well, it's, it's, um, it's basically what you uh, said earlier, which is that you're constantly changing. Mm. And just because, yeah, and it, and it also feeds in with what I was saying, you know, the, the full cup thing, right? So remember that you're always changing. So what worked for you when you were 25 may not work for you now. Exactly. Not to mention yeah. that there's more studies coming out that are showing that soy is not the be all and end all. Right. Stuff know? changes. And, and, yeah. What was okay a lot, you know, people used to smoke in the 50s, right? right? Exactly. And didn't know any better. Think, we learned, we learned more. It. Yep. We learn more and more. Okay. I get it. So, so yeah. So, you know, we, Things we have to change. realize, and, and we're, and we also have to realize that a lot of what we were learning and not to, not to say that that's not true today in some ways it's worse, but a lot of the things that we've learned over the years comes from food manufacturing and pharmaceutical marketing. So, you know, a Coke a day, I have trouble saying that that's okay. Right. Yeah, especially and 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 you know as a, as another trip that sorry tip that rides on the back of that, uh, you know a, a good diet or something you know, to really fall in love with your food and enjoy your food, it is not going to have give you a problem somewhere else. So for example, many of us get stuck in the weight loss mindset right you know oh well i lost weight so it must be working for me but you may be losing weight through bone loss right for the wrong re you yeah know? the wrong reasons or the wrong right. way you yeah know, so, so uh you know we need to get to a point where we're looking at the whole picture and not one isolated and somewhat arbitrary marker right because there there have been studies for at least 20 years now showing that the more Rubenesque a woman is, for example, uh, the more likely is she is she is to live longer, to keep her memory longer. You know, so it's not all about calories. Just drop that word right now. Yeah. I, the, in Europe, they barely use that word, uh, which is very interesting. I mean, we're so obsessed with the calories, and and you know, people. Oh, well, I just read a, an article this morning talking about water. Oh, and don't forget, it's zero calorie. Well, you know, the, the zero calorie just means that now your body has to rape itself to get the nutrients. That right. It you need fuel. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I, that's what I constantly tell you. In, in, in Europe, you read a package of food. It will not say calories. It will say energy. So how much energy is in that food? OK. You know, so uh, and, and recently I, I interviewed a doctor who um she wrote a, a book that basically she's a heretic. She she flies in the face of, of convention and she talks about back in the 70s and before the food pyramid became a thing, how people were so happy. They were, she said, now I lived in the Bronx, so this didn't happen where I lived, <laughs> but she said she remembers people walking down the street whistling. Now everybody's depressed. They've yeah. got all kinds of mood disorders and all of these, these, uh, you know, bipolar and, and yeah. autism, autism ADD, every, all, right. There's all, all of this parallels what yeah. we've done to our, not only the food supply, but our choices of foods. Mm -hmm. So going more on the low fat, low protein side of the spectrum, unless you live like a monk, 
it's probably not going to serve you that great. So, you know, that would be probably my last tip is to make sure that whatever diet you choose, whatever way of eating you want to follow, make sure that it mirrors your lifestyle. Right. So if you're celibate, you live in a, in a cave somewhere, vegan all the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I actually had lunch yesterday at a, it wasn't a totally vegan restaurant, but there were a lot of vegan choices at this restaurant. In fact, I, I ate at a restaurant in South Korea once. It was completely vegan. And mm. honestly, I have no idea what any of the stuff was. It was a big buffet, but it was all the. <laughs> all delicious <laughs> they, they know what they're doing they in Asia. really do they really do it's, I, it's I, very I, true i can almost swear to you that i ate pot roast but i know it wasn't pot roast because it was right <laughs> it was a vegan <laughs> restaurant so okay so you can definitely figure out uh ways to eat that are right for you and this is for the long haul this is not a like you said uh, yeah you know, we're not this counting is... calories we're not um you know this is for long-term health longevity and it, yeah, clarity. I mean, look at things like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I've see a, I see a ton of of Parkinson's and related trembling disorders with people who pride themselves on never touching fat except for olive oil. Yeah. And you know, after you know, the tenth person tells you this, and they're telling you this at right, they're doing right. this at the same time. And you're starting to see a pattern, you know, mm -hmm. so I would I, I think that, uh, you know, people have to get we have to learn more about cholesterol and the beneficial roles of cholesterol. It helps your skin. It helps mm -hmm. your joints. It helps your brain function. It helps all your it nourishes the entire brain and spinal cord. Mm -hmm. So if that doesn't tell you something when you look at all of these these foods and non foods. That's the other thing. Is, you know, that's what Frenching Your Food is about. It's about the fact that we have gotten so far away. We've gotten so dejected and angry at food for the calorie content that we will automatically jump towards anything that is low in calories. And we don't even contemplate whether or not that thing would have existed in nature 100 years ago. Yeah. It's, a, so, it's a little freaky sometimes, Some of, you know, what the food industry has done i i guess in order to make a profit and what madison avenue has done to make us think that we want this stuff right, right. over decades and generations and then to see our health decline as a result because a lot of it's like you said it's not actually food right right and, and unfortunately a lot of people and, and this is again this is something that i do see a little bit more with the boomers uh, is that because they've been fed, we really, I mean, I'm, I'm almost there, right? <laughs> we have been fed these messages for so long, we can't believe that it could possibly be wrong. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter the outcome. Then we, then we turn to the other culprit, which is our genes. But we also know that our genes are responsible for less than 70% of disease. The rest, you, you know, uh, sorry, sorry, less than 30% of right. genes. okay. Of, of disease. So 70% um, we can control. And that's our internal and our external environments. Okay. So, so what's the biggest challenge I'm going to face as I, as I try and figure out what is the right nutrition for me? What's going to be my biggest obstacle? Probably remembering what foods actually grow on a farm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you do have a point no, there. You'd be right. surprised how many people, you know, think that something is natural because they saw it on the label. 
And so if you can't... And when you say on a farm, you're you're not talking about um, one of these... I just thinking about some of these poor animals in cages oh, no, I'm on not top talking about of factory. one another. Not that. You're oh. talking about real old, you know, the old fashioned when the right. animals were healthy before you right. you ate them. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And those those farms are, are all over the place. The only place, interestingly enough, you can't find them from. And I, from my understanding, you still can't find them is in Illinois, which is the home of the ADA. Oh, so, oh, how interesting is that? Yes. No oh. health food store. A friend of mine from Chicago not long ago told me there's no health food stores here. We don't have health food stores. I'm like, you're kidding. There's no possible way. How can that be? Um, but yeah, there's no Dr. Mercola. I know when he was living, I don't know if he's still in Chicago at all, but when he was living there, he was buying, uh, he was buying his meat near me in Pennsylvania when I was mm. living over there. So mm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, there are some deserts in, in pockets of the country, uh, but where there's a will, there's a way there, there are more and more companies that are willing to ship things to you. Uh, Mm -hmm. there's, um, you know, more, uh, availability, more people talking, more ways to network. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, check out your local farmer's market. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Farmers market, you know, and, and don't just stop at the farmers market because a lot of times the farmers have neighbor farmers who don't do the markets, but they will supply you. Right. Oh, that's what I never eat. thought about that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Too. And, and some and and there's other like I have a farmer here. I live in Hawaii now and I have a farmer here that she only brings her vegetables and her eggs to the market. But if you talk to her about, you know, getting meat, she can mm-hmm. get you meat that's raised on pasture. Oh, from her interesting. Farm. Okay. She just okay. she just doesn't they just don't have the I guess the legal stuff in place for meat to be sold at that market. Right. Right. Okay. So, so All right, so I have my tips. I have my biggest challenge. What would you tell someone who's listening to us or watching mm-hmm. us right now to do right now today to get started in making changes in their their nutritional life? Ah. Uh. What's a first step? First step is treat your food how you would treat your real life relationships. Meaning that if you love someone, you don't hide that. You don't hold back. You don't look at it as sinful unless you're cheating on your spouse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, you really, you want to treat your food like a human being, treat it like you care. Right. You know, like it's, it. yeah, like it's valuable, right? Like it's right. valuable. It is valuable. You know, it, it, it is, needs to be cared for, right? It needs ab- to be valued. You yeah. know, because what happens is we abstain, 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 abstain. And then we go in the corner and we scarf something down like we're having a quickie in an alley, right? <laughs> And then, and then we come back and we're like, oh, God, I shouldn't have done that. And then you go and you purge or you, whatever. You know, we, we hold ourselves accountable and yeah. we devise all of these guilt. Yeah, that and that's right. That's a downward spiral kind of thing, too. Somebody falls off the wagon, for lack of a right. better word. And then they say, oh, I ruined it all. And then they use that as an excuse to not be good, for you right. know, lack of a, of a better word. Instead of saying, okay, it was one lapse. Well, let me turn around and just keep doing what's right, you know, for right. Exactly. But, but, you know, that's the thing is that because right and wrong when it comes to food has been so distorted. Yeah. 
So, you know, somebody will, uh, you know, they have these, these uh, peccadillos, let's call them, mm-hmm. where they, you know, will eat something cheesy and then they regret it. And, you know, they're just like, and, yeah, beat themselves. themselves. Yeah, <laughs> flagellate about, yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't, don't, don't get into that space. Cut yourself some There slack. is a reason, you know, there, there's all these books coming out about the, the evils of, you know, fat, sugar, and salt. Now, sugar, I agree to some extent, Yeah. Uh, we don't need the amount of sugar that we've been eating. Mm-hmm. But salt is basic to life. Yeah. Salt is, but you know, it's not the, it's not that one with the little girl in the raincoat. It's not the, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about when I say salt. I'm talking about the real sea salt that's, that's naturally dried, comes from the shores of France or Sicily or Southeast Asia, wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here in Hawaii, we have we have local salt as well. You know, I'm talking about that stuff that's full of just bursting with minerals. Right, right. And if you don't have minerals in your diet, you don't have a good diet. You know, we, we put so much focus on the vitamins, but the minerals are oh, really... Oh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a whole cadre of stuff. You're right, it's not just vitamins. There's there's lots of minerals and, even and just metals at, and all kinds of things, right? Right, even just looking at, at, at uh, electrolyte balance, I mean, that makes it very clear how essential it is to life because if your electrolytes are out of whack, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Uh, so, you know, make sure that you're getting that pinches. Don't make your food totally bland. Enjoy it. You don't need a crazy amount. You just need a little, you know, something to pick up the flavor. That's all salt salt mm-hmm. does to the palate is it picks up the flavor. It tells you it's okay to eat it. But then in, the, in your body, it's it can kill some bacteria it also stimulates digestion. So, you know, a lot of people talk about how the elderly don't have an appetite. Old people always eat at my house <laughs> because I season the food and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm having three helpings. I can't remember the last time I did that. Right. Like, to put you on a low salt diet. Yeah, it's not all the bland stuff. Right. Right. And, you know, as far as the fats, stay away from the stuff in the clear bottles and, you know, eat the real stuff. And may I be so bold as to say eat the fats of your grandparents lard and tallow they're okay if they're not hydrogenated you know there's so many of these messages we were sent by the people who wanted to sell their yeah it's madison avenue that that changed a lot of that like a perfect example i'm going to go right back to soy again soybean oil uh was originally tank fuel in world war ii Mm. and the sludge (laughs) Yeah, the sludge that was left over. Yeah, I read wow. the book. I, I, one of my colleagues is Kayla Daniel, who wrote uh, a book called The Whole Soy Story. And you know, when when uh, they had all this sludge left over from the oil, they were like, "Well, how are we going to sell it?" And Henry Ford tried to make himself a suit, but it smelled like a wet dog, <laughs> and so wow. nobody wanted. He tried to make a car out of it, but then they said, "Hey, these who are now the baby boomers." These guys are, you know, they pride themselves on being really smart. Let's sell it to them as a meat alternative. And now we're looking at the, you know, the 1960s hippies, right? Mm-hmm. The people who are, who are just too cool for school. They know more than their parents. You know, everything that yeah. was done before the 60s is out. It's all wrong. And we're just going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. And all of those people now, many of those people now have turned to paleo. <laughs> <laughs> because they've damaged their guts and they, you know, right. oh, all this other stuff in the process. So, you know, we, you know, as far as 
uh, these marketing messages and appealing to the intellect of people, we have to keep that in mind as well. It's, it's very strategic what's been done. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't fall for that and, message necessarily. Do right, and then when the, war was, when the war was over, they needed something, they wanted to keep producing the sludge as well as the oil, so they started putting the oil in the food supply. Hmm. So it's not a natural oil. It has, doesn't have a very long history with humans. Uh, whatever has kept humans on the planet till today is the stuff that we should be eating. Right. Uh, otherwise, we would have died out. We've seen many civilizations die out throughout the, the millennia. Uh, and very often it was it was from some form of starvation. And we're we're actually starving ourselves right now. We might be living long. We're not living longer, which. I don't, that's a whole other can of worms, (laughs) but we're not living as long as they say that we are. Uh, Really what we're looking at is averages. And, and, you know, back in the day, people would live to be 100, 93, whatever, and they'd have their wits about them. Now people are living out the last 20 years of their lives attached to machines. Right. Right. Wow. So that's, uh, So, okay. I, I could talk to you longer. But I want to be respectful of your time and my audience's time. So tell people where they can find you so that they can get more of this great information. Well, they can find me at nutritionheretic.com. Right now, I do have a podcast, like you say, the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. So that's nutritionheretic.com forward slash podcast. And also on Facebook at Nutrition Heretic, as well as on Twitter at NutriHeretic. Very good. So, And that's easy to remember, folks, right? The Nutrition Heretic. So you can easily look up Adrian you online nutritionheretic.com not the nutritionheretic.com nutritionheretic.com okay and you know that i always include this stuff in in the show notes we'll include the link to adrian so that um i always adrian i always tell people if they're on the treadmill don't get off i'm very proud of you so stay on the treadmill you know keep the earbuds in and keep listening but when you get (laughs) off you can always come back to boomer's ultimate guide podcast and find the link to uh, Adrian's website in case you weren't able to write it down. And um, before we let everyone go, I always ask my guests if they have an inspirational quote or story that they would like to leave us with. Do you have a favorite quote or a, or a I, story you'd like to share? Uh, you know, because my, my stories are so long-winded, <laughs> I'm going to, to leave you with a quote from Fran Lebowitz. And it's that food is an important part of a balanced diet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Food is an important part of a balanced diet. Yeah, I like that. Don't fall for all the gimmicks. (laughs) There there you go. Very good. Well, Adrian, it was wonderful meeting you today. The Nutrition Heretic. Yes. (laughs) Let me hold up your book. The book that I have one more time, French and Your Food. This is her her latest book, right? Your latest Yes, it is. Yep. And I, I'm working on I'm working on one for Valentine's Day, oh. uh, still with very risque titles. <laughs> I've noticed that about you that's, when that's, I went on your well, website. You know, you, you you have, you've called... got to go look at her website because when you see the titles of her books, you go, wait a second. Am I am I uh, <laughs> is this a sex website or is this about food? It's so, cute. you know, I can't I can't help where people's mind goes. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should a picture you. of a chicken right on the front. Right. Nor should you, I might add. So, Adrian Hugh, it was wonderful meeting you today. And those of you listening, you know that you can always go to Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast to meet other great guests just like Adrian. Because my goal 
is to help you build thriving businesses and vibrant lives. That's the whole, that's the whole deal right there. The whole enchilada and enchiladas are good too. Yes. And that's the thing is people don't realize these, you know, think pizza, enchiladas, hamburgers, those are all good. Just don't get the McDonald's and the pizza. Yeah. Hut yeah. Make it at no. home. Make your own at home oh with my gosh. real food. Well, let me tell you, sorry. You said it's the, now I have a story. <laughs> Because not only do I feed old people who say they don't have an appetite, I can feed children who do not eat anything. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, I have friends who come over. Oh, my son, he'll never touch that. And meanwhile, he's like licking my plate and I'm going, wait, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we make we make tacos and enchiladas and all those things. And everybody eats them because and they like them better than the the cheapo sure. whatever sure. excuse you have for buying the, the store, you know, right. so-called quick versions. And yes, it's going to take a little more work. It's going to take more preparation. But you know what? It's it, isn't your health worth it? Isn't, you know, your longevity worth it? Absolutely. Well, you know what? There's a, there's a choice, though, isn't there? Because you can spend 20 minutes a night or half an hour a night, whatever it is, in the in the kitchen. Or you can spend two hours a month at the doctor's office and then another do another hours getting your prescription filled and not to mention the drive and all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. So just do it all in one shot, you know, take, take a little time and you deserve it. Sure. There's this, you know, we, we deserve it's, 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 you know, it's our human right to have good health. Oh, I like, there's a good quote, <laughs> right? It's your human right to have good though. health. There you go. Well, Adrian, it was great meeting you and, those of you listening, go visit The Nutrition Heretic at nutritionheretic.com. And on Tuesday afternoons, you can always get a new episode of Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast. Until next time, I would very much you. like you all to take care. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks so much for having me on. Sure. Bye-bye. Boom, baby. That's it for now. See you next time on Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast.